A little over a year ago, I downloaded an app onto my phone called We Croak. Has this little red and black frog as the icon, and the premise of We Croak is simple. At five random times each day, a push notification appears on my screen. All it says is, don't forget, you're going to die. <laughs> as in, we croak. Which might be enough to be useful in and of itself, but that is not all. If I swipe to open the app, I am presented with a quote from a far-ranging source, any number of sources, that has in some way to do with death. Poetry and quips from hospice handbooks on what to expect, gems from ancient holy texts, you name it. The only thing they have in common is that they are all about dying. So, given my line of work, it seemed like a good thing to try out. And it has been. It's been this steady reminder that this is all I've got. Which is somehow a little bit surprising each time it flashes up on my screen. But it's a downbeat, albeit of this frustrating truth that I am not guaranteed anything, save for right now. I don't think that the folks talking with Jesus were using such an app. They see death, they are aware of suffering, and they are doing everything they can to keep that pain as far away from them as possible. So Jesus, who, who sinned the most here? Who brought this mess on themselves? They must have been wretched, right? For this to have happened? He must be used to these questions by now. Enough so that I suspect he can guess what it is that they really want to ask. Why did this happen? They must have been bad, right? Towers don't fall on good people, right, Jesus? The powerful don't just randomly kill people while they're worshiping like those Galileans were killed, right? Surely they must have made some terrible choice. Surely there is someone to blame here. Why? Why did this happen? It is such a tempting question to ask, and one that a lot of people are eager to answer. Well, I'm always ready for a good theological debate. In everyday life, I, I generally loathe the answers that follow this question. 
Take any tragedy and you will find folks quick to peddle a simple answer, a, a good reason, an explanation of how it is clearly all part of God's plan and not too much for you to handle. And I get it. It is really uncomfortable to sit in the not knowing in the mystery of there being maybe no real answer, no real reason for the pain. Sometimes it is just too much. It overwhelms our ability to see clearly. I think this is where we find Jesus' friends today. They are overcome by the tragedy that has happened to people who are quite similar to them, thinking, whoa, that could have been me. They're terrified that maybe it will happen to them. And so then comes that trusty why question, the one that keeps us at arm's length from others, protected from whatever contagious pain might be threatening to infect us. And Jesus is having none of it. He shuts down this line of thinking immediately. No, this was not their fault. No, they were not any different from us. No. He pauses. Got it? Okay, can we move on? They must be reeling here, trying to catch up, but he plows ahead with a parable. Now, I think it's important that we remember what a parable is and what it is not. It is not an allegory where we can simply plug in characters to particular spots and make sense of it. Who's God? Who's us? And so on. It's a, a tricky, a slippery kind of story, one that we can't quite pin down, but that is always thrown alongside another situation, another thorny question, so that it then upends the whole thing for us. Parables turn our vantage point upside down, twisting until we can really see. And this one is no different. Classically, this parable has been read usually simply as God coming to bring judgment on us, the barren fig tree, while Jesus, the gardener, barters, getting us a little more time, another chance. And I think we can find some real truth there. But I heard it differently this week. As Jesus' call to repentance echoed from these lines, this conversation just before the parable. I wondered if that work of investigating and puzzling, of digging again and fertilizing is actually our work to do. As he recalls the barren fig tree, he makes it clear time is of the essence. No matter whose fault it is or isn't, that things are this way, we need to dig in now, this year. Not staying removed from the suffering, but 
coming close, not just asking why, but drawing in enough to get our hands dirty in these broken places of our lives, the ones that do not bear fruit. My mind flipped back to that silly app. The simple, honest reminder appearing again and again on my screen. I'm going to die. We have today. We have right now. Get to work. As I heard his urgency, I heard Jesus also pulling us out from this common question of why. Why does this happen? We come asking why the suffering occurred because it removes us from a full reckoning with the pain. But this question only serves to dull the urgency and separate us from that very suffering. Jesus offers another way in this parable. He tosses us another question. What now? What now? Come close and look here, says the gardener to the landowner. Look closely now. Can you see what's gone wrong with the fig tree? What does it need? What is the actual situation at hand? Here is where we are. What now? Stepping back from the parable, Jesus turns again to those who are there listening. What is happening right now? How can you respond? Not why, but what now? It's not that we shouldn't be asking questions and doubting and wondering. But we need to come to these questions in such a way that they bring us closer to each other. Ways that set us in motion towards life. This is how we are called to repent. By seeing what is really here now. And then listening for how God is calling us to respond. Much of the time we think of this work of repentance as something for individuals. It's, it's work we do on ourselves, on our own. And that is well and good and needed. And... Now, maybe more than ever, we also need to look towards ways of doing this work as a whole people. What would it mean to take stock as a city? How could we as a nation stop looking for reasons to blame those who suffer and instead simply ask, what now? How could we turn all together towards life? As I sat with these questions, I, I couldn't help but see the ways that the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, 
has been doing precisely this work in the days since the shootings there in ways that I don't think we have ever seen from a national leader. She is guiding her people and asking these forward-looking questions. Rather than holding those who are in pain at arm's length and blaming them for what has happened, she is drawing close to them as they weep. She's leading her people in engaging the urgency this violence demands and in looking to act, to move towards life. But Hardern is not declaring war. She refuses the name to, to, she refuses to name the shooter, denying him the notoriety he seeks, instead lifting up the lives of those lost. She is not driving wedges into racial or political or religious divisions as a way to create some easy, cheap scapegoat. No, she is gathering her people to grieve. And at the same time, she is gathering in military-style assault rifles because they have already been banned. It is an incredible dance of recognizing where this nation is and what is called for next. What now? Mourning and action, both right now. Jacinda Ardern bears witness to the truth that Jesus gives us in this parable. In the face of suffering, we are called to let go of the why, that desire to blame, to explain away, to divide ourselves from the ones who suffer. Instead, we are invited to lean hard into the what now, into the how then will we live. This work of repentance, it is not just a turning away, away from sin or from pain or from brokenness. This work of repentance is a turning towards, a turning towards life, a, a choosing, a discerning, an acting. So, friends, this is your reminder, once again, that we're going to die. This is all we've got right now, right here. There is no promise that we can put it off till another day or another year. But we do have right now. So what do you see? What is needed? What will bring life? This is it. What now?